and says, like, we had to tell my son the other day. I know this is disappointing. I know you're basically rejected. I know you feel overlooked. I know you feel forgotten. I know you feel frustrated. But hang with God. Hang with him. Let your faith slam into the person of God himself. Because in due time, he will show you what he's up to. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. girl autumn miles welcome to another brand new awesome edition of the autumn miles show you're here we're about to talk about the lord you're about to be encouraged buckle your bible seatbelt because today is gonna be so good i was just looking over all this stuff for today and it is a very encouraging message for you out there and it kind of goes into what's happening in my life. And so I'm going to kind of couple both of those together. So before I get to that, let me say welcome to the show today. There have been so many of you guys that have been donating um, to the ministry. You found it. You found the, the click button on the website. Thank you. My husband and I, you know, we give, we give to our church, we tithe, we give offerings and all that kind of stuff. And maybe we'll do a whole, I actually just got a request to do a whole series on giving and on finances and um, things like that. And I just might do that. But I just want to say thank you for doing that. Those of you out there that have, that have given, it, it means a lot to, you know, keep what we're doing moving forward. And um, if we want to add anything, you know, obviously that takes finances. So I just want to say big thanks to all of you guys out there. Also want you to check our social media. I will say this. We got a message the other day and I was very sad that we got this message, but apparently we missed a inbox message. <laughs> And um, used to everyone put their comments and questions and everything in the inbox, like DM me. And that's not how it is really anymore. We get a lot of our questions and stuff like that in the comments. And so we kind of have switched gears to pay a lot of attention to our comments because uh, y'all comment a lot out there. So if we have missed your inbox message, it's just because the nature of social has sort of changed over the years. It is not because we do not like you. It is just because, you know, we're the little engine that could over here. We're trying to get it. But I did see that message and I apologize if we have ever missed one of your messages and you haven't have not gotten a response. Okay. I want to go ahead and talk about what is happening in my life. You know, we're in this crazy season of parenting. I've got an eight-year-old son that, you know, I just took him fishing and literally just took him fishing a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if I've talked about that on the show, but he loves to fish. It's so crazy because in my, in my studies, you know, back in school, I make him listen to the audiobooks in the car because I have a lot of reading to do. <laughs> 
and it was talking all about how all the disciples were fishermen. And Moses got so interested in that section of the book that I was reading. He was like, they're fishermen. I'm like, yeah, buddy, just like you. But we're, we're kind of in the eight-year-old boy phase. We're definitely in the eight-year-old girl phase. My eight-year-old daughter wants a Stanley Cup. What in the world is happening to my life right now? Apparently, the girls are bringing them. And I'm like, what? She wants to take my Stanley Cup. And yes, I do have one of those. She wants to take my cups to school. And I'm like, no, we're not doing that. A, I don't want you to leave it there. And someone find it and lost and found. And, you know, they have my cup. We also have teenage boy phase and we have teenage girl phase. And that is so much parenting ground to cover. (laughs) And so it's like the craziest thing. We'll be like, Moses, you know, don't run into the wall. And then Jude is like heartbroken. And then Grace is like, I'm going to college. And Haven's like, he won't stop looking at me. You know, so it's like, it's, it's a mess at our house. But lately in the last month, we have with our older kids specifically and with our younger kids, because we've got there's been, you know, when people say stuff to your kids, like, just don't like if they have a close relationship with their parents, like they're going to tell me I'm going to know. So uh, we've been talking a lot about disappointment, rejection. We're talking a lot about these matters of the heart that just happen. Okay. They are, they're a part of life. And from my baby daughter to my oldest daughter, there are so many different scenarios of rejection. And one happened with my son just a couple of days ago. He has had a little difficult season. (laughs) He was thriving a couple months ago. And I'm like, listen, it's peaks and valleys. God is in the mountaintop and he's also in the valley. There was one specific thing that happened just a couple days ago, and he came into my husband and I's room, because that's where everyone congregates in our house. We're kind of always in there trying to have an adult conversation, and (laughs) the kids will come in and, you know, Mom, I need your help. Or can I have money for Chick-fil-A? You know, it's one of those. But he comes in, and he's just like a mentally heavy And I can see that when he comes in and he had just gotten an email from someone and it had just really, he had basically got uh, rejected and he was hoping for this opportunity. And it's kind of opened up this whole dialogue at our house. I am from the mind that you, you know, we are not our kids' friends. I don't need another friend. And maybe that's coming. I hear my parents of that have older kids that are adults. They are their friends. That's not the season that we're in. Okay, we are parenting. <laughs> we ain't trying to be buddies. Like, we don't need to, you know, no, we're not doing that. And my kids need a parent. They need someone that they know is stronger than them, that has been there, that knows what the word of God says, that seeks wisdom from the Lord. And he comes in and The first thing that he talks about is why would God allow this on top of some other disappointments that he's had? Why would God allow this? And it's opened up this huge dialogue with all six of us in our home about God allowing things. He's willing to inflict disappointment in the short term to give us something greater for the long term. He's willing to do that. 
And we've had this conversation with Grace lately. We've had this conversation with Jude now. We're having these conversations with Moses and Haven. I didn't make the team or they didn't pick me for dodgeball. Actually, I don't even think they play dodgeball anymore because someone complained and dodgeball is out the window. Even though I played it every day of my life and got hit in the head every single time and my parents never called. Anyways, tangent. I just was encouraged yesterday after we've had this long conversation about sometimes God allows things that he knows are going to disappoint you. He knows it's going to discourage you. He knows that you're going to struggle with it just so he can open up something better the next day, the next week, the next month. And you will know this, this is why God told me no. He was really struggling that night when he came in and talked to me and Eddie and we kind of know because he's got this like, you know, he's so tall, his head hangs down and it's like, oh Lord, and I just give him a hug. And yesterday it was awesome because he came into my room, super chipper, and started telling me in two days, he already knew that that rejection two days ago pave the way for a new opportunity that he was accepted into that he's really excited about. So I just feel like when we're talking to our kids, when we're, when we're engaging with our children, it's okay to say that hard thing. He's 15 years old. It's okay to enter into some theological discussions that might not sound like God is this big, cushy, marshmallow God that just, you know, squeezes us all the time and loves us. Now, he does do that, but there are times when he says, no, no. And you can teach your kids and instruct your children in such a way that they understand that a loving God sometimes tells us no. I remember one time God said, if I gave you that thing that you are asking for right now, it would destroy you. He told me that in my prayer. And I was like, cool. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so I'm going to take that as a no that you're not doing that. That we're not going in that direction yet. Clear as day. If he told me so crystal clear. I've never forgotten it. If I gave you that thing that you're praying for right now, it would destroy you. Do you want to be destroyed? Because you can't, your wisdom at this time cannot carry the weight of that thing. Or you want to just wait a little bit. It is a good God. And guys, our kids can handle it. I get so many parenting questions. Oh my goodness. So many. And one of the things that I have learned over the years is that your kids, the gospel is so simple that a, a, a very small child can understand it. And it's so complex that the greatest scholar will never understand it. Isn't that amazing? God, his principles, his word, the way he does things transcends time, wisdom, age. I mean, he just, <laughs> he just covers it all. I want to challenge you that uh, those of you that do have kids bring God in. I know this is a long monologue, but bring God in. And it's just something that we, when I say what's happening in my life, this is actually happening. It's a, it's a daily conversation with Grace and with Jude and with the little ones right now. I mean, someone said that they didn't like Moses's haircut the other day. And I was like, what's his name? <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> like we're, we're 
we're having eight-year-old conversations about not everyone's going to like you. Not everybody like Jesus. Like, look what they did to him. It's okay that not everybody likes your haircut, okay? And they're grasping these principles at such a young age. So tell your kids about the Lord. He should be invited in every conversation that you have. Okay, I'm done. This is going to lead into what I'm talking about today. After the break, you guys, we are going to cover not being rejected, but being hidden. And I'm excited to get to it. If you feel like you are looked over, crossed over, someone has left you out, if you feel like God isn't noticing you, that is not the case. Maybe the case is that you are hidden. Come back after the break, and we're going to talk all about being hidden, not rejected, hidden. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. The potential for God to change lives is clear. Autumn Miles has a mission to spiritually challenge the way people think. The Autumn Miles Show and Autumn Miles Ministries are 100% listener supported by those who have already been blessed by God's Word. Would you like to see others experience the change that you have already experienced? Consider being a financial partner with this life-changing ministry. Simply go to autumnmiles.com and click the Donate tab. While you're there, check out all the aspects of this dynamic work. Thank you for supporting Autumn with your prayers and by being a financial partner. God bless you. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, guys, we're back. Now, I absolutely am so in this message today. We just rounded out our series talking about if God did it for them, he'll do it for you, okay? I want to take like a breather, like we like to do. We like to take a little breather in between these series that you guys really love. And this is what I believe that God wants to tell us all today, not just you, us all today. I feel like I've kind of come out of one of these seasons in the last few years. I mean, there for a while, I was <laughs> I was all over the place. So many things going on. You know, I feel like I was everywhere. I was too much everywhere. I was gone every, like a lot. And my kid, you know, when you're a mom, there's a lot of mom guilt that goes with a traveling mother. This Satan will really get us moms when we have a job and we're we're doing something outside the home because inside the home is extremely a lot of work. But when you have a job that's outside of the home as well, you kind of really struggle with that mom guilt. So um, I kind of feel like this is a phase that I've been through multiple times, but it's just been really fresh. And I feel like the Lord has put it on my heart because of my children. Okay. God will sometimes hide you hidden in plain sight. Okay. There are seasons of our life when it feels like we're seen by everybody <laughs> and we're like, you know, just seen and picked and preferred, called, texted, asked, you know, 
And then there are seasons in our life that are so sacred and are so important to the next phase in our life that the Lord will bring us in. Now we're still in plain sight, but there's something about a season of being hidden that he will, I don't want to say restrain, but he will cover you in such a way that maybe you're not picked. Maybe your idea isn't the best in the room. Maybe that guy passed on you and went to another girl. There are seasons that were covered and hidden because God wants to train us for the next public season, if that makes sense. I want you to know, if you are out there and you feel overlooked, passed by, forgotten by God himself, you aren't. God might just be hiding you. And with that, there will come a day when you're not hidden any longer, okay? I feel like this is really encouraging because there are seasons in my life when I'm like, God, this is so good. How come nobody cares? How come no one's paying attention to this? Like, look at what, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And God has at times reminded me, listen, yes, it is good. It's great. But right now, you're in a training camp where I have to fill you with so much wisdom so that when that thing does go public, when someone does pick that up, when someone does read that, when someone does see that, you can handle the success of being public, okay? Listen, Psalm 32, 7, David says this, you are my hiding place. You keep me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Psalm 17, uh, 8 says this, keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 91, 4 says this, under his wings, you may seek refuge and his faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. God is a place that we can go to hide when we need ourselves emotionally to be hidden but it's also a place where he covers us and hides us to teach us what we need for the next season knowing that God is a refuge knowing that he pulls us in and pulls us close under his wings knowing that he loves us enough to restrain activity in our life for a while is awesome, especially when we know it is a temporary season. This hidden season, I remember, you know, my sister, I've talked about her a lot, but she has been, she was single for 40 years. I mean, you know, she had boyfriends and stuff. She was hidden in plain sight. And you know, I know all the single people out there. I know I've heard it. I heard it from my sister for 40 years. People will come up to someone that is single. That's like got it going on, but they're still single. And they will say to them, why are you still single? You shouldn't be single. Why in the world are you single? 
That's just so crazy. I cannot believe you haven't found anyone. That does not make single people feel good, guys. Okay? It doesn't make... They hate it. They absolutely hate it. My sister hated hearing that. Why? You're so great. You're so pretty. You're so wonderful. She would hear that all the time. And she'd be like, Autumn, I cannot handle it. Now, she got married when she was 40. But God was preserving her and hiding her and keeping her and protecting her for who she, for her husband. Now, this is what happens. We assume permanent assumptions. We make permanent assumptions about what God is doing when we're in a temporary hidden season. We say things like, God's forgotten about me. God's forgotten about my request. God's not going to heal me. There's no encouragement to do that. I'm never going to be able to have that job because my boss hates me. That'll happen for them. (laughs) That's why I did that series. But it won't happen for me. And we start making permanent assumptions about God and what God is doing when really he's just hidden us pulled us close because he wants to produce growth, depth, a deeper dependence on him, more intimacy with us before he pushes us out into a situation that we are not internally ready to handle yet. It's a good God that pulls us close and hides us to prepare us for more public seasons. I love my boy Joseph for this. I love Joseph. I love the study of Joseph. I've done a lot on Joseph in the past. I want to kind of just give you, a lot of you guys know about Joseph. I mean, I'm a lot of you guys I'm preaching to the choir too. But for those of you that don't know, Joseph in Genesis, not Mary and Joseph, (laughs) Joseph in Genesis, he was a boy who... God's hand, and it says this multiple times in the scripture, was on his life. He was a son of Jacob. He was one of the sons, excuse me, of Jacob. And when he was young, he had a dream about uh, wheat bowing down to him. He had a couple of dreams, actually. And he ended up telling his brothers about this dream. Okay, now he was very favored by Jacob. Jacob loved him. He was the favorite child, if you will. And Jacob gave him this coat of many colors and it caused jealousy among the brothers and all this kind of stuff. But he had this dream, okay? He knew that one day his brothers were going to bow down to him. Well, they hated the dream. So they came up with a plan to kill him, okay? They didn't quite follow through with that plan. They ended up selling him as a slave. He's being sold as a slave. He goes into Egypt, okay? He ends up some way getting a job in Potiphar's house, who is uh, one of the Egyptian officials, and he is extremely high up. He was public. Everybody saw him. Everybody loved him. Potiphar loved him. Potiphar eventually put this boy as the leader in his house because God was with Joseph. Everything he did prospered. It was crazy. He was pretty good looking too. 
So Potiphar's wife was like, ooh, yeah, I like what I see. <laughs> and she um, kind of constructed this plan to get Joseph to sleep with her. He rejected, but then she framed him and told Potiphar, look, he tried to force himself or whatever on me. You can read this for yourself in the scripture if you don't know this already. Potiphar throws him in prison. Now, Joseph has this dream. He has got this. This is what... I know that this is what is going to happen to me. My brothers basically are going to bow down to me, okay? He knew that. He had told his brothers. He went to prison with this dream. He's in prison, okay? Uh, let's see. Let me read it to you. Let me pick it up in Genesis 39, 19. And when the master heard the words of his wife, I just told you, Potiphar's wife just told you the story. When she spoke to him saying, this is what your slave did to me, his anger burned. So Joseph's master took him and put him into the jail, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in jail. But the Lord was with Joseph. <laughs> And extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail so that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made prosper okay so here we have this guy he's got this dream he's got favor in Potiphar's house oh wait whoops the wife lied now I'm going to jail he goes to jail completely hidden from any sort of favor I put that in quotations that you might believe would be public in Potiphar's house he had a lot of eyes on him in Potiphar's house. He was one of the Egyptians' officials. He was a really big wig. Everyone kind of knew Potiphar, knew his family, knew everything, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, that is taken away from Joseph. He is put in prison. But God is with him in the jail. And I want you to know something about this that I think is so encouraging. This would be him going from very public life to being completely hidden. No one seeing him but the jailer. And the jailer doesn't have much pull, okay? And the prisoners, and they definitely don't have a say in anything. When you are in a hidden season, they might not see you, but God maneuvers things for you. They might not see you. They might not see your work. They might not see what you're capable of. That boy might not see you, but God in seasons where he personally takes you from a place of what looks like external favor and moves you to a hidden place, that place with God will produce more for you than anything outside of a hidden space. I hope I said that right. I hope you understand that. Can you imagine Joseph, big guy of integrity? Can you imagine what Joseph's feeling? He knows he's done nothing wrong. He knows he's been faithful to the Lord. He knows he's just, you know, he's not told on his brothers. He's not bitter. He's not angry. At least the text doesn't tell us that he was. 
He's lived a faithful life. He's kind of hung in with all of the different circumstances of being sold into slavery, being hated by his brothers, all of this thing. He's hung in with it all. And then all of a sudden he, he, he ran from the wife when he very well could have engaged in whatever she wanted to do. He ran from the wife out of respect for Potiphar. And here he is. He's done the right thing. And it's got him in a hidden prison where no one can see him. That sounds so mean by God. Why would God do that? I submit to you that the season of imprisonment or being hidden by God, out of the public eye, hidden in plain sight, was so that God could show him, number one, how the jail was run because eventually he would be number two in all of Egypt and he would have to know how those things operated. He would understand the people. He would understand the injustices of the justice system. He's learning a lot just by sitting in jail. And I want to say to you, if you feel overlooked, frustrated, nothing's happening, nothing's working. Let me ask you this. Maybe nothing's working. Maybe you don't have that date. Maybe the money hasn't come through for you. Maybe your boss doesn't care. Maybe, yes, all of those things are happening. Maybe you've been unjustly talked about just like uh, Joseph was. Let me ask you this. Do you still feel, even though they don't see you, that God has been speaking so much to your spirit during this time? Do you feel like you're learning, even though you're hidden? Do you feel like you can hear God more? Are you more desperate now for God than you were before this season that you've entered? Are you asking God more questions? Because if those, if you answered yes to those things, it would be a sure telltale sign that God is imparting his wisdom in you now because very soon he knows where he wants to take you so he wants you to listen. You're not overlooked. You're hidden. Joseph wasn't overlooked. The Lord was right with him. Let me read it again. But the Lord, 39, uh, 21, Genesis 39, 21. But the Lord was with Joseph. He was with him. He wasn't overlooked. He had his full attention. His eyes were staring at him. And everything that Joseph did, he, he made prosper. The Lord was with Joseph, extended kindness to him, gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail. So whatever was done there, he was responsible for. 23, the chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made prosper. They might not be seeing you, but do you feel like right now the pages of God's word seem so personal? That would be a clue. You're not overlooked. You're hidden. Now, I don't know that Joseph knew that... <laughs> He was so favored. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Okay, Autumn, that sounds great, but I still don't like being overlooked all the time. I feel like I'm overlooked by God. I feel like I'm overlooked by them. I feel like blah, blah, blah. I don't know that Joseph knew he was favored. I don't know that sometimes 
we see the favor on our lives that God has given us. He might have thought, wow, this is crazy. I'm in jail and now I'm leading all of these people and the chief jailer, he don't even care. I don't even know if he knew that he was walking in the favor of God. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. They might not have talked about favor back then in Egypt the way that we spit about it all the time in the Western Christian church. I don't know if he knew he was favored. You might not even know you're favored. I believe it's the favored ones that God pulls in. So if you feel like you're hidden right now, maybe you are the one. Maybe you can't feel it. Maybe the enemy has hidden the fact that you are favored. Maybe you're blind to the fact that you have God's favor on your life. Maybe you are assuming that God doesn't care about you, but really you are anointed in God's favor. I don't know what that looks like, but let me tell you something. It's those people like Joseph that God pulls in just for a season and says, like we had to tell my son the other day, I know this is disappointing. I know you're basically rejected. I know you feel overlooked. I know you feel forgotten. I know you feel frustrated, but hang with God, hang with him. Let your faith slam into the person of God himself. Because in due time, he will show you what he's up to. In due time, he will show you. It was two days later and Jude was like, I don't even care about that anymore. I've got this new thing and you know, he's thriving it. Those hidden seasons do more for us than the public ones where we just seem to be clicking. It's those seasons where we withdraw, where we go to the Lord, where we're sitting in him as the hiding place, when we're sitting in the shadow of his wings, that he starts to speak wisdom and truth and preparation and new pour new wine on us and give us new oil and give us new strength and give us a new anointing. It's in those places where it's just him and you, that you grow in your intimacy with him. Yes, was Joseph in prison? Yes, he was. But the Lord was there too. The Lord went to the hiding place with him. I don't know if you know the rest of this story, but let me just tell you. <laughs> it came about, Genesis 40, after these things that the cupbearer and the baker for the king of Egypt offended their lord, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was furious with the two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. So he put them in confinement in the house of the captain of the bodyguard in the jail, the same place where Joseph was. Well, isn't that amazing? How coincidental. <laughs> the cupbearer and the baker go, right they have an audience with Pharaoh? That's crazy. And they're going to the same jail that Joseph said. How crazy is that? The captain of the bodyguard put Joseph in charge of them. Crazy. And he took care of them. And they were in confinement for some time. Now, Verse five, the cupbearer and the baker for the king of Egypt were confined in the jail and both had a dream. Now they're talking to Joseph. 
He is in charge of them. They're having conversations. Hey, what'd you have for breakfast? Well, I don't know what they would have had for breakfast. <laughs> hey, are you married? Do you have children? You know, all those kind of conversations. They're getting to know one another because they're there a while. The cupbearer and the baker for the king of Egypt, who were confined in the jail, both had a dream the same night. And each man with his own dream and each dream with his own two interpretations. So basically, these two guys, they had two different dreams. They wanted someone, anyone, to interpret the dream. Now, Joseph steps up when he finds out they have the dream. And he was like, doesn't God, um, God's the one who interprets dreams. And God actually gave him, uh, Joseph, the interpretation. And he said this, this is the interpretation of your dream. Verse 12, the three branches are three days. So I kind of want, I want to move this along because I don't want to get caught up in these two interpretations of dreams. But basically he interprets both of the dreams. One of them in three days is going to die. And the other one in three days is going to be restored back to their original post. Okay. That is the basis of those dreams. And Joseph says, chief cupbearer, who is going to be restored to his place. When you get there, when you get an audience with Pharaoh, when you go there, when you get there, don't forget about me. I did you a solid. I did you a favor. When you get there, the baker dies. He's beheaded or he's killed some some way. <laughs> I don't remember how, but he's killed. But the cupbearer goes back and resumes his position. When the cupbearer gets there, he forgets about Joseph. Now, this is how you know you're in supernatural. You're in a supernatural hidden season. You just told a guy his life is going to be saved. And you ask him, don't forget about me. Make sure you tell Pharaoh about me. Come on, come back and get me. Come back for your boy. He goes up before Pharaoh and he completely forgets. That's how you know that God is preserving you because he's got to teach you. And you've, there's more for you to learn. And there's more for him to instill in you because he's got something greater for you than just sort of taking you out of the hidden season. Crazy enough, a little while later, Pharaoh has a dream. And it is so troubling that he can't sleep. No one can interpret Pharaoh's dream. And all of a sudden, the cupbearer says, Oh, <laughs> Mr. Pharaoh, I had a dream in prison. And this dude, he totally told me the interpretation of it. And it came true. You want to talk to him? God gave this cupbearer amnesia about Joseph until the perfect time when everything that God was doing in Joseph had been completed so that he can push him out to ultimately interpret Pharaoh's dream. And then Pharaoh put Joseph as the number two in Egypt. Sometimes God will give him amnesia about you. That's how important a hidden season is. Sometimes they'll just forget that's how important a hidden season is. Do not despise this season of what feels like being overlooked. Because whatever's coming, you're going to need every single piece of wisdom that the Lord is downloading in you right now. 
Psalm 105.16 says this through 19. And he called for famine upon the land. He broke the whole staff of bread apart. Verse 17. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They forced his feet in shackles. He was put in iron. 19. Until the time his word came to pass, the word of the Lord refined him. That passage is out of Psalm. It's not in Genesis. But the psalmist clearly sees the benefit of him being in prison. And one of the uh, translations of this particular passage, it says, an iron entered his soul. There is something about that hidden season that Joseph needed where literally the iron that he was restrained in entered his soul. He became so strong because of those couple of years in prison. And I just want to ask you today, you know, as you are thinking, God's forgotten about me. Where's Pharaoh? Is he going to call for me? Well, yeah, he will. These hidden seasons are temporary. Joseph didn't stay there. He was promoted. I mean, and uh, Jacob, Joseph, his brothers literally launched the entire nation of Israel. I mean, if Joseph, I could go on and on. I'm just going to stop there for time. This season in Joseph's life was paramount to the success of the next season. And I have a feeling today that some of you guys are making a permanent statement about God based on a temporary season that you find yourself in. God has not abandoned you. He's right with you. Just like he was with Joseph, he is with you. He's pulled you close. You're under his wings. He's telling you things. Listen. Because everything that he tells you in this season, you're going to need for the next. I remember real fast. I remember it was nine years ago, actually, in January. I I could sense the Holy Spirit told me in November of 2014. I was on stage. (laughs) I was on stage preaching, actually. And I was talking about a guy by the name of Moses. And as I was preaching in November, the Lord said, get ready. Your adoption's coming. We had waited for three years. Get ready. Your adoption's coming. Now I knew it was coming because I could sense it. And the Holy Spirit will just give you that, you know, he'll just alert you. If you're listening, if you're sensitive to it, he will alert you. He's speaking to you. He told me something two days ago. And two days later, Eddie, uh, my husband asked me a question about, about something. And I was like, it's so funny. I I had this, this feeling that you were going to say that two days ago, but I never said, I mean, he he will talk. The Holy spirit will talk. If you'll just listen and be sensitive to him. Anyways, he told me in November, get ready. You're going to adopt in January. He told me autumn rest. You need to rest. You need to cancel all your appointments. You need to rest. 
And I said, okay, what did I do? Not rest. Took every appointment, traveled everywhere, did a bunch of really stupid things that was disobedient to God. Why did I need to rest? Because Moses came February 20th and we adopted another newborn nine weeks later. And that was the most exhausting year of my life. He said, pull back. I need you to hide in the shadow of my wings. You're going to need it. I'm going to tell you some wisdom. You're going to need it. What did I, I didn't do it. And I paid for it with exhaustion for like a whole year. (laughs) I hope this gives you a perspective of what you're going through. He's not forgotten you. He's hidden you. Because the next season that you enter, you're going to need whatever you can only find in this hidden season with the Lord. So lean in, listen close and be encouraged. Jesus, we love you today. Man, I love your word. Your word, you are such a genius. (laughs) Thank you for every facet of your word. Thank you how it encourages me, it challenges me, Lord. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for loving us enough to pull us in, to put us in a hidden season that we would never choose so that we're prepared for the next. You're a good God. Thank you for that, Lord. I pray for that person that's struggling, that has made permanent assumptions about what you're doing in their life. Give them encouragement right now, Holy Spirit. Let them know, I see you. I'm with you. I'm doing something in you that you're going to need. So trust me. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll see you right after the break for a question and a testimony. I'll see you in a second. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs, and you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God. While I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, Gangsta Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, guys, we are back. Hope you loved it. This is a super cool testimony. Okay, listen, I prayed to see my oldest brother. Now, I hope you guys are doing good with, uh, I told you guys at the beginning of the year, write down five, five different prayer requests, five, write five of them down and pray through them every single day until they're answered. I have been doing that since January 1st and three of my requests are already answered. Three. And they were big ones, guys. These are not like puny little, tiny little, you know, my ear hurts. Can you make it feel better? No. These are massive prayer requests. Three of mine have been answered. So keep praying. Pray until God shows up or he says no. Pray. 
pray it through. Pray, 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 pray. Okay. Anyway, so this is a prayer, a prayer testimony. I prayed to see my oldest brother. It had been years since I had seen him and truthfully had given up on ever having a relationship with him again. That's so sad. It's your brother. I understand we all have different circumstances. I'm just saying he had cut all family ties and no one really knew where he was. Nobody knew. I had been praying God would bring him back to me. And many of my friends and family had been praying the same thing. We had a large family gathering and I about fell over because there he was standing right in front of me. This was an answered prayer. And I understood in this moment, everything happens for a reason. God is so good. She prayed him there. No one in the family knew anything about her brother. And all of a sudden he shows up at a family. She prayed him there. Your prayer works. What do you need? What's on your heart? Write it down. Pray over every single day. It's so simple. Pray that thing through. Unless God says no, pray until he answers. Okay. That's a good question. I think we've gotten this question about 750 different ways. How do we deal with all the sexual immorality and absolutely absurd images and ideas being forced on us right now? This is a great question. Go to the word of God. And understand that, like, the, the, the world is crazy right now. But as I'm in all of these church history classes, New Testament classes, this is nothing new. Understand that the word of God is just as relevant now than it was when it was written on scrolls all those years ago. You guys, we have to understand that our anchor is in the word of God when we are seeing and hearing and experiencing crazy things in our world. Where is our anchor? It is in the word of God. Get in there and be encouraged by what it says. It's so crazy. It, nothing new under the sun. And there really isn't. And going back through New Testament and Old Testament, all this history and all this stuff, everything that we're seeing now has already been done. <laughs> it's already, it's, it is just the way humanity operates. Maybe we're seeing it in different ways, but I'm telling you what, the word of God is your anchor. Encourage yourself therein. Because we cannot get too caught up in culture when we have a whole generation to tell about God's goodness, okay? All right. I love y'all so super much. I will see you next week right back here on the Audemars Show. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Miles Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. 
Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Mile Show.